Amen. Y'all ready to get in the word a little bit this morning? Praise God. You know, uh, here at Harvest, we do believe, and just like was testified on the different videos we've shown from testimonies of people. I know many of you other, many of you have testimonies. We can't necessarily do everybody on a video. We're going to do, use some of these for, uh, you know, social media purposes as we go, but, uh, as well, but we believe that, uh, people can be changed. That's, it's really the essence of the gospel is that somebody can be changed. The essence of the good news uh, is that somebody's life can be transformed. That you don't have to have, uh, you can have it different in your future than what you have right now because of what the word of God will do in your life and by standing on that word. And uh, so we praise God for the power of God's word and the power of God's spirit because that's really what, that's kind of, you can say that's what we're all about. And uh, uh, so praise God. I want to give an example, look at an example this morning from the Word of God um, that kind of backs that up and reinforces uh, this reality of the power of the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God uh, to bring change into someone's life. Um, you know, in Second Peter, we've got Peter's last words, if you will. Uh, some of his last thoughts, important things he wanted to share uh, before his going home to be with the Lord. Uh, you know, Peter, he changed a lot in his life. We see a transition in this man just looking at the Gospels and then seeing him and his writings in the epistles, the book of Acts, and the things he shares in his epistles. You know, Peter was kind of an up-and-down, yo-yo type guy. If you... If you uh, if you look at him in the Gospels especially. Uh, but the difference came when he allowed the Word of God to be first place in his life. When he put a preeminence on the Word of God and submitted to the Word of God. He was no longer moved by circumstances. No longer was he that yo-yo type of guy with his feelings and emotions. He, he's someone that, I mean, he's still himself, but yet, uh, you know, you know we're, cha- we're changed by the by the new birth, when, we're, when we you know, become a believer, we're changed on the inside. But you know, there's also, the Bible talks about the, the, our, our minds have to get renewed. There's a transformation that takes place through the power of the Word of God in our lives. Whether that Word of God you know, is through our own study, but it's also through hearing the Word of God taught. Uh, it's, uh, there's a transformation that takes place. Now, now we know that Peter was... We see a transformation even first and for, first just from the fact, yes, he was born again, but he was also baptized in the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. And so that's why we, you know, we, we believe in the power of the word and the power of the spirit. They work together. But uh, we, we know that Peter experienced a dramatic, you know, that experience of the upper room where he uh, was filled with the spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Uh, you know, before that, Peter, we saw the last thing we saw before the day of Pentecost, Peter was denying Jesus. <laughs> he was cursing to a little girl saying, I don't know him. And, uh, he was running scared. The cock crowed, you know, three times. And he's like, oh my goodness. You know, that, that he, he had, he had not had a very victorious moment there. He was kind of at rock bottom, you could say. In fact, Jesus had to restore him. 
had to bring him, had to bring him back and renewed his call. He told him, go feed my sheep. He restored him. So he had to be restored. Now, aren't you glad for, aren't you thankful God restores us when we do fall short and when we do miss it? You know, the people of the Bible were not perfect. They made mistakes. They had problems. But we also get to watch a life of a man like Peter where he did overcome some things. And we can look and examine uh, some ways whereby he, he moved to a different place in God. You know, Peter ended up as a, as a pastor. and He's telling of the importance of the word of God uh, in his life and in the lives of others uh, in First and Second Peter. But we're going to, I want to, you know, we're going to look at Second Peter here at some things. And uh, uh, because, you know, a man can make a lot of mistakes in his life. But then at the end of his life, like Peter here, he, you know, his last words of what he feels is very important. Those, those words are something we should listen to for a man like Peter, one who was a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. So his, his last thoughts, you could say, from Second Peter are, are important. And uh, in that first chapter, he talks about the importance of the word of God, how we're not to be living by emotions and feelings. Uh, you know, the, uh, of course, as we said, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was vital. Uh, after he came down from that upper room, he was bold and boldly proclaimed the word of God, preached to several thousand people boldly. You know, he, he was a different man. Yet uh, Peter himself uh, recognized and, and, and talked about how necessary the importance of the word of God was in his life. We need the power of the word. We need to be established in the word, just like we also need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter's an example of needing both, and we all need both, and they go together. They flow together, but I want to emphasize this morning the importance of the Word of God, you know, because that is our, our church, in essence, has been built on the Word of God. That's what God put it in my heart from the very beginning, build this church on the uncompromised Word of God. We don't, we don't build it on formulas. We don't build it on programs. We don't build it on fluff. We don't build it on uh, cotton candy and popcorn. It's built on the word of God. And if the word of God can't build it, I don't want to be a part of it. And, but that's what's been, you know, that's something God put in me. It's something I've, I've spiritually has, has been how I've grown up into this. And, uh, and this is what uh, I believe is essential uh, for, for strength, for, for lasting victory in your life, growth, maturity, having, uh, overcoming in the, in, in life's tests and trials. It takes a valuing of the word of God. You know, in second Peter chapter one, let's begin looking at this verse four. First, he's talking about the God has given to us exceeding great and precious promises. Exceeding great. Notice the value he put on the promises of God. Not just promises. Exceeding great and precious. <laughs> That's something highly esteemed. He's like, this is so valuable to me. This is his last words to us. This is what he's saying. This is what is so valuable. 
Because you can become a partaker of his divine nature. Yeah, you're born of the Spirit, but that, that victory has to be worked out in your life. And it's going to be through the power of these precious promises. That we escape the, the corruption of this world. The defeat in this world. The darkness of this world. It's going to be through the power of the gospel, the word of God, the promises of God. So he, he established that right off the bat. Amen. So he's talking about that. Then we'll pick it up now. We're not going to look at the whole chapter. Verse 12. Wherefore, in other words, because of these precious promises, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. What thing? The pre- exceeding precious promises. <laughs> so I'm not going to be negligent to always put you in remembrance even though you know them. How many of you know repetition is not a negative thing? Hearing something over and over is not a negative thing. Praise God. We need to be put in remembrance of certain truths again and again and again. He said, even though you're established, he said, in the present truth. What is that? That's New Testament revelation. That's who you are in Christ. That's knowing what God did for you when Jesus went to the cross for you. It's knowing that you have the Holy Spirit. It's knowing it's the truth that's come to the church in this dispensation. He said, that's what we're to be established in. He said, even though you're established in this present truth, he said, I'm going to keep putting you in remembrance. He said there in verse, he says, as long as I'm in this body, this, this little tabernacle here, as long as I'm down here, <laughs> I'm going to be putting you in remembrance. Yeah, I realize, I, I, I'm like, I relate to that. That's my job. I'm going to be putting you in remembrance as long as I'm down here. As long as I'm in this body. That's what I feel like. That's what I'm called to do. Put God's people of harvest in remembrance. Glory to God. To stir you up. Not, by, not stir you up with all the new doctrines that are coming down the road. All the new fluff and stuff. The new teaching that's on TV. But put you, stir you up by putting you in remembrance of the truths that will absolutely revolutionize your life when you receive them and put them into practice. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's my job. Stir you up every week. Praise the Lord. By putting you in remembrance of these things. These things that changed my life. I don't care if you've heard something before. If God gives it to if God says, preach it, I'll preach it. Preach it again. I remember, I remember Brother Hagin. I mean, this is where I learned this from. Brother Hagin, I've heard him teach on Mark eleven twenty three. Numerous times. Then I would be in a service. He'd say, open your Bible to Mark eleven twenty three. I don't go, oh my gosh, he's doing it again. I already know that. No, I realize I can get something fresh 
and I'm going to get something fresh. As long as my attitude's right, God will speak to me. He'll quicken some new things to me, but he'll also establish me further in things that are going to give me victory in life. And that's living a life of faith. That if I, that whatsoever I say, when I believe it in my heart and not doubt, those truths about faith, we need to hear over and over. Amen. Glory to God. You know, it's interesting, the word, there's a word, one of the Hebrew words for wisdom, there's several. One of the Hebrew words for wisdom in Proverbs is, here's the, here's what, the definition of that which is pounded in. That which is pounded in. Pound it. You pound it. <laughs> Amen. Uh, that, that, there's some things that only come through repetition. Through hearing it over and over. Till, till it dawns on you. Till you get established in it. It becomes a part of you. James talked about the engrafted word. The implanted word. Well, that's, sometimes it takes a while to listen to it. To hear it. For it to sink in. To go from your head to your heart. Like one person said, the difference in success many times is about 18 inches. The distance between your head and your spirit, your heart. It's not enough for it just to get, have a, a mental, you know, understanding. You've got to get it down here. And sometimes that takes pounding. In your own life, just speaking the word over and over, confessing God's word, meditating the word. Glory be to God. So we're to be established in the present truth. That doesn't mean we don't need the Old Testament. We do. The Old Testament is important. We, we help understand things about the new because of the old. So, so in the, old, the Old Testament's filled with eternal principles and truths, stories that we need to know. But we need to still understand even the Old Testament from the light of New Testament reality and revelation. So, we, so it's still the, the present truth is the most important truth. And that's New Testament revelation, New Testament reality. Because that's where we live. That's who, we're the church. We're the body of Christ. And there's revelation for us to walk in. Amen. Hallelujah. We're under the new covenant. <laughs> Thank God. Um, so we're, we're to be established in this present truth. Verse 13, he goes on here. Uh, yeah, I think it good as long as I'm in this body to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Now read on verse 14. Knowing this shortly, I must put off this, my, my tabernacle, my, this body, as the Lord showed him. He says, I know I, the Lord, he had, a, he had an understanding, he had a witness in his spirit about well, you know, when he was going to be uh, possibly leaving, uh, you know, leaving the earth. So again, these are some things he's giving as last, you know, last minute, last words that he feel that he believes are valuable by the spirit of God uh, for us to know. Amen. That he's going to be, that he's about to depart. Praise the Lord. Uh, 
Because Peter was changed by the word. That's why he's putting this emphasis on the word. Amen. You know, Jesus called him rock earlier, you know. On this rock of revelation. I mean, he, he, he basically said, you're a little rock, but this rock of revelation is what I'm going build, to build, build the church on. But Jesus did call him little rock. If you, we're not going to go back and look in the Greek and all that. But, but he, why? Because Jesus saw him by faith. Jesus said that to him before he even denied him. Aren't you glad Jesus sees you by faith? And saw you by faith when you were acting so stupid. Amen. He sees us by faith. See that, but now he, he's sharing, he's sharing from a, what has made his life consistent. What he's, made, what he's built his life upon now. What he knows has made the difference in his transformation. Why he is rock solid and steady. Amen. For the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's interesting. Uh, there's a, you know, with children, when you put the word and Proverbs reveals some of this. We don't have time to look at, look at that. But when you put, when a, when a, it talks about when a plant, one of the words for, you know, uh, well, I'm not going to get into that. But, but let me say it this way. That when a child is small, uh, the Bible likens putting a, a plant, a stake beside that child like you would a plant. When, it's, when a plant is real small and you tie that plant to the stake. So that it doesn't get, go wild in different directions, but it'll come up straight. The, the, the Bible likens that to, how you, to raising a child, putting the word, Proverbs, putting the word in that child so that when they grow up, they'll not depart from it. Well, that can even happen with adults. Peter's letting us know. This is what happened to me. He got tied in with Jesus and that, and, and that, and what the words that Jesus put in his life caused his life to start going a certain direction, made him strong and secure and consistent. Hallelujah. So that he wouldn't depart from it at some point. It's just like with your children, you have to see them by faith. You keep putting the word in them, putting the word in them. And know that they're gonna, their life will line up with the word and, and, and it's going to later on, even though they may try to depart at times, they're going to come back to it if you put the word in them and set an example before them. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Verse, uh, next verse. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things. What things? These precious promises. These precious, exceeding, great, precious promises. What? Always in remembrance. See, Peter's letting you know. He's letting us know. This is, what, this is how I got solid, became rock. <laughs> this is how I, my life now is on, is on a course to where I can uh, be so established and strong enough to impart the wisdom of God and, and actually be one of the leaders of the body of Christ at that time. Is because of the word of God, the importance of the word. And now he's saying, I'm 
always going to put you in remembrance of these precious promises. He wants them to, and he wants them to remember the word after he's gone. Not him per se. He wants them to remember the word. He didn't want them glorying in the fact he's one of the 12 disciples. He's one of Jesus in their circle. No, he's wanting them to know what's important is the message. What's important is this word. Hallelujah. You know, I remember I've, I've been in meetings years ago at times and people, there'd be a, a, maybe an a exciting meeting and people would come out of the meeting and say, oh man, that was so good. It was so anointed. And then you ask them, well, what did they say in the meeting? Well, I don't know. I don't know what was said, but it was good. Well, I'm not saying there aren't times where the Holy Spirit can move and do things in a service without necessarily, and can do it apart from the teaching and preaching, but but most of the time, there's going to be something said that needs to be remembered, <laughs> that needs to be valuable. <clears throat> so we need to be valuing the word of God. Praise the Lord. Verse 16. I'm getting, I'm getting to something here. I ain't even got to my title yet. <clears throat> We're getting there. We'll get there right at the end. Praise the Lord. <laughs> For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. He said, this is not some mythical story we've made up for you. Because there were stories about Jesus. There were people following the wrong, wrong ideas and doctrines, men's doctrines about Jesus even in that day. Uh, he said, but when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, notice he said, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We saw, we saw it. Said, I saw something. Amen. Verse 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. Come at Jesus. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. He's saying, We saw something and we heard some things firsthand. That this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. We were eyewitnesses and we heard the voice. That's pretty good evidence right there. That's pretty good, that's pretty good testimony. <laughs> Not secondhand, thirdhand. I was there, he was saying. Amen. Well, what story, what was Jesus, what, I'm sorry, what was Peter referring to here? He was referring to a, a certain account that happened from Matthew chapter 17. He's using his own life as a, as a reference here. As he, he's going to get to it again, to the importance of the word of God. But let's look at uh, Matthew. Actually, the last verse in Matthew 16 first, when Jesus uh, was on the holy mount here. And he said, I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And actually here, Jesus, he takes the three disciples uh, into, a, into this mountain and, and he shows them what he's going to look like at his second coming. This is a, he, re, he reveals what it's going to be like when he comes and where he's standing on the mount. And so now we go into chapter 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them up to a high mountain apart. And was transfigured before them. 
That's what Peter was talking about in, for, in 2 Peter. See, so we saw his glory. We were eyewitnesses to this. And his face did shine as the sun. His raiment was white as the light. I mean, you talk about an experience. Very, I mean, nobody's had these types of experiences, you know, like Peter did. And verse, he goes on. He's, he's not through. Next verse. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Wow. I mean, a couple of, you know, Old Testament hotshots show up, you know, with it. Um, now, isn't it interesting though know, that Peter, James, and John, they knew that this was Moses and Elijah? They'd never seen them before. See, they were in the glory realm. You know, when you get to heaven, you're not going to have to ask it. Nobody's going to need a name tag. You go, hey, Moses, how you doing? <laughs> hey, Abraham, how you been, man? And they'll go, oh, hey, Bill. Everybody's going to know. You're, not going to, you're going to know who they are. You're going to know who Jesus is, even though you've never seen him in the flesh. You're going to know everybody. In the glory realm. Just thought that's an interesting side thought there. They knew that was Moses. They knew that was Elijah that Jesus was talking with. Now, next verse. Then, now this is, I think this is funny. Then answered Peter. Wouldn't it be like Peter to speak up at a time like this? You got the glory of God. You got Jesus transfigured before him. You You got Moses and Elijah showing up. And Peter says, I got something to say. That's, that's kind of like Peter at this moment. Peter was, he was, you know, <laughs> impulsive Peter. Just like he jumped out of the boat. You know, he was, Peter, I, and he, he, I got to say something here. And then he just says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. How many of that's the understatement of the century right there? <laughs> it's just good for us to be here, Lord. I mean, <laughs> I love this because it's so funny. Uh, and then he goes on, if, if it's your will, let, let's make three tabernacles right here. One for you, one for Moses, one for, let's just set up camp here for a while, Lord. <laughs> I imagine, I would think Moses is looking over at Jesus going, where did you get, where did you get this guy? <laughs> I mean, who is this guy? no. But the thing is, Jesus could have looked at Moses and said, well, you were the one that struck the rock, weren't you? You know. <laughs> and Elijah, he could say, well, you were the one that ran from uh, Jezebel and uh, wanted to crawl into a hole and die. You know, in other words, I'm sure they just kept their mouth shut because just like Elijah, Peter, Moses, we all, aren't you glad none of us have arrived? Peter had not arrived either at this point. <laughs> And uh, one for Elijah, while he, and I love this too, while he yet spake, he's in the middle of his sentence. And God, God's like, okay, shut up. I got something to say now. A bright cloud overshadowed them and behold, a voice. That's what Peter was talking about again in second Peter. He said, I saw and I heard a voice, the voice out of the cloud. We said, this is my beloved son. 
in whom I'm well pleased, shut up, Peter, and hear him. <laughs> now, he did, I added that about Peter there, but hear him. Listen to him. He's got words to say to you. But you need to build your life on. Glory to God. While he yet spake, the glory cloud came in. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Listen. So 2 Peter, listen, 2 Peter is about Peter saying, I learned to shut up and listen. And I started listening and hearing the word of God and letting the word of God be the most important thing in my life. And that's when I was changed. And now he's saying, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be negligent to keep putting you in remembrance with words of this present truth. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So he's saying here, now in verse, next verse, where, where were we? Verse, into verse 18 yet? And set back to Second Peter. Let's uh, put, go up to verse, uh, this voice, yeah, this voice, which came from heaven, we heard. He's saying, again, he's saying, I saw and I heard when we were with him. He's talking about this experience here in Matthew 17. But now I want you to now, now we're going to get to what, we're going to get to the title here soon before we close. Because I wanted to, I wanted you to see something. I wanted to build up to that because he's saying, it doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I've had an experience where I saw something Incredible. He said, I'm not building my life on that, on an experience. Then he said, it doesn't even matter what I've heard, a voice out of a cloud, an outward voice, a voice out here, a voice that could come to me, a voice that can come to my mind. He said, I'm not basing my life on that. He said, we have something more sure. Glory be to God. He's saying, I, we've got a more sure word. The more sure word of God. He's talking about more sure word of prophecy. In other words, inspired word of God. He was actually talking about the Old Testament there, but it all applies also to now, to, for us, those under the new covenant, to these words that were inspired by the Holy Spirit. We have a more sure word. Glory to God. <clears throat> that we get to build our life on. It doesn't even matter if you were there on the mount. Glory to God. You've got something more sure there in your lap. It doesn't matter what somebody else's experience was. It doesn't even matter what, uh, again, even what voice you've heard, what you know, you're going to get different voices. There are many voices in the world. 
The Bible tells us that. There are voices of the world, voices of the flesh, voices of the devil. There, there's a voice that can come to you. And, and some will even think a voice maybe is the voice of God. Not if it doesn't line up with this word. That's why we got to build our life on the more sure word. The word of God. Amen. That's why we teach the word. Not men's, you, you, you don't, your life's not going to be changed by men's doctrines and ideas. Men's traditions. Denominational traditions. And somebody's experiences. I know of a man who had, you know, I know I, I, this is a missionary. And he, I, I know of this situation. I know the man that ministered, endeavored to minister to him. And this missionary, he had an experience. He, he had a, he'd been uh, diagnosed with a, with a condition in his body that was, they said he's, he, he could probably, may live a year, may live two years, but not much longer than that with the condition he had in his body, the disease. But he, he was awakened in the night one night with this, and this, it was like an angel appeared to him, this, this beautiful creature. And the, and the angel said, I've given you this disease to suffer for my glory. Well, see, this other, this minister I know, he came, he heard about it because this man began to share about this amazing manifestation that happened to him. And this voice that spoke to him, this minister tried to minister to him and say, no, that does not line up with the word of God. <laughs> you can't accept that. That's the enemy trying to deceive you. And it was. The Bible says that Satan can appear as an angel of light, doesn't it? And he can bring voices out of his realm. That's why we can't base our lives on an experience. We can't base our life on somebody having, hearing a voice or, or, or no, you got to go back to the more sure word. <laughs> That's what we build our life on. That's what we have to build our life on. Isaiah 33 says this, the wisdom and knowledge of God, in other words, the word of God, what is it? It's our stability. Isaiah 33, 6. It'll be the stability of your times and my times. It's our stability. That's the only thing we can hang our hat on. It's only, we have to hang our life on that. God's knowledge, God's wisdom, which comes through the more sure word of God. More sure word of prophecy. That's why we don't need to be seeking experiences. We need to be seeking the word, then let the experiences line up with the word. Did you hear that? We always need to put the word first. We believe in the move of the spirit. We believe in manifestations of the spirit. We thank God when the spirit of God moves and the gifts of the spirit, manifestations and workings of the Holy Spirit. Through, he does it, you know, through, even through ministry gifts, however he wants to work, we want that. But nothing takes the place of the word of God in your life for longevity of victory. And keeping your life stable. We can't live our lives based on the manifestations of the Spirit. Thank God for them. But we've always got to put the Word first. Brother Hagin taught me that. Put the Word first and the Spirit second. 
Thank God for the move of the Spirit. Thank God for the working of the Spirit. But we put the Word first and let our experiences fall in, be, be in line with the Word of God being number one in our life. But thank God if we'll, if we'll make the Word our more sure word in our life and, and, and make it our stability and make it, you know, what we build our life on. We're not going to be moved by the things that the world is moved by. <laughs> I mean, right now there's a shaking going on even in, in the church world. We're not going to be moved by the same things others are shaken by. Because we're not built on a manifestation or a personality or somebody's experience. We're built on the word. I'm not going to be moved by that, by the other things. It's certainly not what's going on in the world and what the enemy's trying to do to the church. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 20, verse 24, the apostle Paul speaking of, of the trials that were going to be coming in his life and the things that he knew he was going to have to face and persecution. He said, none of these things move me. None of them. He said, I'm going to finish my course with joy. He was declaring how it's going to be based on what he knew from what God told him. Based on the word. Because he says in verse, uh, verse 32 of that chapter as well, he gives credit to what enables him to do that. He said, I commend you, brethren, to the word of his grace, which is able. There's ability in the word, God's ability to deliver you, help you, strengthen you, bring victory to you is tied to his word because it's able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Glory to God. An inheritance of victory, overcoming life, strength. Healing, provision, whatever his grace is made available. The word is the, is the means, is the ability is in the word. The word is called a prevailing word, Acts 19.20. That the, that the word of God, it, it that mightily grew and it prevailed. The word always prevails. When people will receive it into their life and let the word get planted and then let the word, you know, uh, let the word produce in their life. As we go back to 2 Timothy again, verse 19, chapter 1, verse 19. I want you to see this before we, I've got one other scripture I want to look at and then we'll, but notice it again in 2, Tim, 2 Peter, I'm sorry. What did I say, 2 Timothy? 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 19. Because he says what this more sure word of prophecy will do. What, if, if, you'll, if, you'll, if you'll connect to it, if you'll allow it. He said, whereunto you'll do well that you take heed. We got to take heed to the word. Take heed to the word. See, you're being here this morning and whenever you come to church, you're taking heed to the word. The more sure word. Take heed to it. Listen to it. Meditate on it. Keep reading it. Focusing on it. He said, you'll do well. Why? It's as unto a light, glory to God, that shines 
in a dark place. The light comes on. The day dawns. You ever said, you ever said that just dawned on me. The word will dawn on your spirit if you take heed to it. And the day star, that, that, the, all of a sudden, the, the victory of what God's word says is true about you will arise in your heart. The light will come on. Revelation comes by taking heed to the more sure word of prophecy. Woo! My life was changed because I took heed to some things in the word and listened to some people that spoke that uncompromising word into my life. (laughs) When the light comes on, it'll put a laugh in your spirit. It'll put joy in your your heart. Glory to God. Glory to God. It'll cause you to say, none of these things move me. Hallelujah. (laughs) Doesn't matter what I face, that's subject to change. Because the, the word has dawned in my heart. What God says is true about me. Praise God. Paul was basically saying there in your Acts, you know, 20, that basically you stick with the word and the word will stick with you through thick and thin. We've all had some thin. I've had some thin. (laughs) But the word has made the difference. The more sure word that I could lean on, go back to, wrap my, wrap my spirit and my mind around it and cling to it. Get it planted and then water it till it produces a harvest of victory. You stay with it till you see it and it dawns on you. Glory be to God forevermore. See, God, God, God's name is highly esteemed. But even God said, I exalt my word above my name in Psalm 138 too. Wow. He said, I exalt the word above my name. The word of God is forever settled. The word of God is more sure. It's the surest thing in the universe. And we, and we can take heed to it. He's allowed us given us the incredible honor and privilege to be able to take heed to his exceeding great precious promises that will transform your life. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. Well, you know, Paul, you know, Peter, let me just briefly mention this couple of verses here in John 17, because Peter obviously learned something from Jesus as his example in John chapter 17. uh, Let's begin in verse six. Jesus is talking about, he's praying for the, for his, for the church. He's praying for his disciples and he's praying. Actually, this is a prayer he prays for all of us. Uh, they're going to come, they're going to believe on his name. He said, I've manifested my name, your name, unto the men which you gave me out of the world. 
Thine they were, and you gave them to me, and they've kept your word. Verse 7. Now they've known that all things whatsoever you've given me are of thee. So God gave Jesus some things. But notice what Jesus emphasized here. This is right before Jesus is going to the cross. Notice what he says here. For I've given unto them the words which you gave me. And they received them. They received them. There's a principle here. I know he, he goes on talking about words about his, his leaving, but there's this principle. All the words Jesus gave were the ones God gave him in the Gospels. <clears throat> and Jesus is about ready to leave the earth. Remember, Peter was about ready to leave. At his exit, what was his exit strategy for the church? The more sure word of prophecy. Jesus, his exit strategy, in other words, what he's given as a strategy to the church. Uh, he's ready to leave the earth. And what did he have for them? God's words. Words. He said, I've given them words and they've received it. Words is what he's left. Yes, he's left the power of the Holy Spirit. We know that. That's part. But this is, I'm just telling you, this is what he emphasized here right before he's leaving too. Words that God gave to him for them. Well, those, those words are also for us. In fact, the whole Bible is, is the word. Jesus is the word made flesh. Jesus is the living word. and he, he reveals the written word. So every word in the word of God is what Jesus left for you and me. But certainly, and more especially, the present truth. What was revealed in the epistles and, 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 all, and everything this... The principles of the word of God are all true and are for us. But there are some things specifically to us in the epistles that we need to be living by. And and we need to be established in this present truth. But it was words that brought the result. Jesus is saying it's words that will bring the result. The word God gave him, he preached everywhere, didn't he? And people started getting healed. People started getting delivered. People started getting set free. The words God gave him produced miracles and victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the most precious thing to Jesus before he leaves, he said, God, Father, you gave him words. Words contain life. Words contain Victory words contain power to perform what God has said they will do in your life. By his stripes you were healed. That's the more sure word. That's more sure than that's more sure than anything you can feel right now. Oh, but, but, but I don't feel, it doesn't matter what you feel. This is the more sure word. You need to base your life on what the word says, not what you feel. Oh, but pastor, my, my pocket's kind of empty of uh, finances right now. Well, uh, uh, we have a more sure word, not what you can feel, not what you can see, not what you can figure out with your head, but my God supplies all my needs. That's more sure. That's more sure. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
That's why I can lay my head down and rest at night and not worry, even though the, 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 the economy may be fluctuating or your bank account may be fluctuating or, or, or it looks like, it looks like, it seems like <clears throat> you're not overcoming in that area. Doesn't change the more sure word. The more sure word never changes. It's forever settled. You can bank on it, just covenant. You can, you can build your life around it. You can rest in it. And it will transform your life and your future. You get that word in your heart and you get it coming out of your mouth. It's, it's, it will work every time. It's unchangeable. Hallelujah. It's the more sure, the more sure, the more sure, more sure than anything you can think, feel, reason, what you see with your eyes, what you can figure out in your peanut brain. The word of God is more sure. That's why you build your life on what's more sure. We built our church on what's more sure. So we, we've had ups and downs. We've had tests and trials. We've had challenges. I'm like, no, this is what your word says. I've gone to the Lord. This is what you said. I didn't start this. This wasn't my idea. This, but this is what you said. Yeah, we're facing a challenge. Yeah, we're facing, you know, an opportunity to get, to get discouraged. But this is what you said. I built my life on it. I put, I put my reputation on it. I've done everything. Based on this. Yeah, the leading of the Spirit, but the Word of God. That's the foundation. What did God say? Thus saith the Lord. That's what you build your life on. And the devil can't knock you off of that if you won't move off of that. And be like Paul. I'm not going to be moved. (laughs) From this more sure word. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Woo! I preach myself happy. I don't know about you. I don't. You, if, you, if you're not happy, that's your problem right now. Praise the Lord. Because the Word of God, you get a hold of the Word of God on this. You grab hold of what is absolutely sure and secure and settled in the universe. You realize the foundations of this world are built on God's word. That's what's holding this whole thing up. That's why we're not floating up into the air. That's why this place hadn't run into some you know, wild planet or something and just... You know, the disorder of the, you know, just, no, this universe is in order. There's a rotation of the sun, rotation of the earth. It all works right because God spoke. That's how sure it is. Don't you think you can stand on it to get your bills paid next month? Mm, mm, mm. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just give him praise for his word this morning. Father, we thank you for this word. Thank you for the more sure (laughs) word of prophecy. Oh, thank you, Lord. With the unrest in this world, we don't have to fear. We don't have to have a care as we look to you and look to your word. Rest in your promises. You're exceeding great and precious promises. And will not be moved because your word is secure. It upholds the whole universe and it upholds our life. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. (laughs) Oh, praise God forevermore. Some of you just need to cast your care on him right now. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and give it to him. He'll take care of that. He said he would. That's all you need. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord is all you need. Hallelujah. You don't need to have tingles go up your spine. That's not going to let you know that God's word is true or not true. No, it's because of, it's because of the word, what we believe from God's word. Stand on that. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. If you're here this morning, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Whether you're here in person or online and you're hearing this, God's word is true. Jesus did die for you to redeem you from the curse of spiritual death, to deliver you from the power of Satan and darkness. But you need to believe that word for it to become a reality in your life, for your life to be changed from the inside out, for you to become a brand new creation, which the Bible says, Jesus said, you must be born again. So if that's you and you've, and you've never been born of the spirit, you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and savior. The Bible also reveals there is a hell to miss that hell is real. Just like heaven is real. It's in the word of God. It's eternally true. So believe that. And then receive what Jesus did for you. So if you're here and you've never received Jesus, but you know you'd like to, just raise your hand. We want to pray with you. If you're ready to receive Jesus and you never have, just raise your hand. We want to pray with you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, everybody stand up. Praise the Lord. Let me let you know we do have some, we'll have some prayer counselors down here at the front of the church. If If there's something you'd like to have prayer in your life about, sometimes the Lord will, you know, by the Holy Spirit, I'll I'll do some things and we'll pray for certain things and all. But as the Lord leads, we also like to have some folks that will help you. Uh, If you have something further you'd like to have prayer in your life for, we have some people that will help you that with that. Amen. We want to minister to you every way we can. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
But this morning, I just had this so strong in my heart. The word of God. The more sure word. That just, that phrase in 2 Peter just stood out to me this week. More sure word. I mean, the Lord just remind, he was reminding me of how this is what I've called you to do. This is what I've put in you at the beginning. To, this is what I wanted you to proclaim and teach. And this to the power of the word of God. That's the gospel. It's, it's life changing. <laughs> change anything where you're defeated. It'll change. You turn you into victory. It'll turn everything around. Amen. The word of God. Believe it, receive it, keep hearing it, meditating on it, take heed to it. It will change your life forever. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's give him one more shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the victory. Thank you that your word prevails in our lives, in our church, in families here at Harvest. Thank you for that more sure word of God. Hallelujah. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Amen, amen, amen.